Hi, and welcome to uh, this uh, first episode of Open House Therapy. I'm your host, I'm Arvid. I've been an estate agent, uh, manager of, uh, agency, of an agency. I have uh, been an entrepreneur. I worked as uh, an advisor for different builders all over Europe, which is fucking awesome. Um, I'm 45 years old. Today I work as a teacher, first and foremost, on our own school, but also on a school where we welcome uh, immigrants to Norway, which is quite inspiring. Um, and my greatest motivation is that I want to make all the little tips, tidbits, tricks, everything from sales and marketing, real estate. I, I want to make sure that everyone has equal access. Yeah. You know, basically just making sure that everyone are on the same page and have the same possibilities when it comes to, you know, developing their career, developing and, and, and be successful. Yeah. I like that term to be successful. I want you to be successful. So I've designed this uh, script where we have about 200 episodes uh, right now, and probably more. And each of these 200 episodes is going to pinpoint one thing that presented right going to sound like a fucking game changer for everyone. I'm sorry about more wording, but it's all about, th there's so many things you can do. There's so many theories, there's so many tricks, there's so, so much everywhere. So, well, no further to do. Um, Today, we're going to be speaking about the need for motivation and how you uh, can use that and need that and how it really can change your career. We're going to see if we can find some uh, really inspiring marketing that someone does somewhere. We're going to look into the news. We have some questions from, from clients and from uh, listeners, I guess, not we, we used to have a, a Norwegian version of this podcast, so we have some questions from there. We want to do some recommendations, and they're not paid, just to make sure, so, so everyone knows. This is, there's never going to be any commercials, any stuff like that on this podcast. This is all community stuff. This is all about me wanting everyone to be better. Uh, we're going to do a short plug of our latest course. With, uh, with everything that goes with it, from workshops and uh, seminars and everything. And by the way, I, I think most of you that have heard, heard about us before, they, they know that this is free. So yeah, it's free. And just just do it. Um, we're gonna look, so, look, look into uh, some politics and maybe we have some input from some of our listeners. Either way, uh, it's not going to be a long podcast, and it, it will be bigger and better as we move along. We we do have an idea about being more than more than me. Maybe have a couple of other guys or women or um, friends or yeah, you know whatever in the studio uh, because <laughs> let's face it, it's easy it's easier to talk with and to someone than uh, you know going at it alone. This this kind of reminds me of this old TV series where we have this. I don't remember what it's called. It was Alone in the Night or something. And this radio DJ. 
you know, just talking out into the ether. Th- that's not really me. I, I like to see people. Uh, it's kind of the teacher in me. I want to see your face. I want to see your eyes. I want to see how you react. But, well, th- that's going to be really difficult when uh, when <laughs> people are, yeah, all over the place. However, um, to, I'm not going to go into depth with anything. We are going to move along pretty, pretty, pretty soon. But the most important thing you need to know about the Open House Therapy Podcast is that we will present um, a subject in each episode and a subject done right that can be a good game changer in your day-to-day work. Well, at least that's what I'm hoping for. And the thing is that I'm not going to present anything in this podcast that we haven't tried and tested. When I say we have tried and tested, I'm an academic, which means it's tried and tested and academic. And more important, this is not theories, you know, this is the empiric side of it. So when I say tried and tested, I mean, it's proven. It, it will work. Done right, it's going to work. Uh, if it doesn't work, it's because something new happened uh, on the way. Either way... Um, Looking forward to to having you here, and uh, well, let's move move along. I'm going to make an assumption that everyone here knows Ronaldo. Uh, some of you might know the old one and the young one. Someone only knows the young one, which is actually quite an old one. That was that was a tongue twister. Um, what separates Ronaldo and Messi and and a few other athletes from everyone else is that first and foremost they're highly motivated and dedicated to be all they can be you know they want to be their best when you read stories uh, in newspapers about these guys or women uh, it's always stories about how they stayed after in training how they focuses on special techniques to sleep or a new nutritional regime whatever it's all about all these small details that makes them better and their motivation to be better is probably at least to a certain extent they want to be the best footballer or best athlete in the world they want they are in constant competition with with each other uh the most goals or whatever and obviously uh a consequence of being the the absolute best footballer or um, goal scorer or keeper or whatever is that you're gonna make a lot of money so whichever factor that's actually dragging the motivation is if it's the money or to be the best football it doesn't really matter what does matter is that they are highly motivated to be all they can be. And with that sort of motivation, uh, you will have the... That, that's kind of what lays the groundwork for the success because that, that motivation is what creates the willingness to stay back at the training field, to to keep working on your free kicks or throw-ins or, you know, all these little things that they do. It's what motivates them to never have a beer, never have a glass of wine. Because 
it will interfere with some small detail in their nutritional regime. Now, to make sure, I'm not telling you not to drink wine or not to have beer or not to do something something uh, uh, fun. What I'm saying, though, is that when you are an estate agent, a real estate agent, or a realtor, depending on which term you prefer, you will meet these people every day. I guarantee that around you, there's at least five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10, 15, I don't know, different agents that has this drive, this motivation to always develop their skills. And the thing is that you might be a lot more talented than them. And I mean a lot more talented than them. But it doesn't really matter because they will keep working. They are motivated. So they will keep, they will take courses. They will go to lectures. They will read books. They will do, maybe they'll start working out physically, do fitness programs. Anything that can give them an edge to make them a better estate agent or a realtor or broker. And the fact of the matter that in the long run, in the long run, these people will always win. So this is kind of key when you start out working as um, as an estate agent. You need to find out what motivates you. Because this is, this is your edge. This is where you are going to develop everything or all your expertise, the best things about you from. Now, whether that is your personality or whichever traits we're going to develop, the point is that you, you need to figure out what motivates you about being a state agent. Is the motivation to, to be the best seller around? Is it to make money? Is it the combination? Is it to work other hours, uh, be a people person and work with a lot of people. As I said, it, it doesn't really matter, but you need to figure out what motivates you because this is going to be the driving force behind your development. If you're not motivated to do the little extra, to, to do what, what it takes, you can be a great agent, but you're never going to be the best. So, well, I, I'm going to, you know, Try to throw up some balls, you know, maybe see if someone lands with you to see if if it resonates with, with something you, you're interested in. But you need to find it. Now, whether it's one of the things that I suggest or not, it doesn't really matter. But you have to find your motivation because if you don't, it's going to be really difficult. As I said, again, because you're going to meet highly motivated and driven people out there and they are your competitors every day. And you work on a fee commission. You're going to need it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to stop babbling around right now. And uh, go for the next, the next chapter. In the news section, we try to, you know, pick out what, is essential because there are, I don't know, probably 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 articles written about real estate each day. Uh, some is, some, a few are really important. Most in general, they might not be. 
Uh, there were an article in Estate Agent Today where they asked the question, is there a scientific evidence that supports selling in January is better or better than December and November? And now whether it gives better prices, more uh, viewers or whatever. The thing is that they couldn't find anything. There are no scientific proof that selling a property in January is smarter for the agent or for the seller or for the market. So that might be something useful to to bring along. In other news, um, buyers take warning. Homes on Zillow listed for below value can be scams. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's something to, to, to pay attention to. So if, if they can scam on uh, Zillow, they can scam other places as well. So, so you as buyer or as agent, make sure that you uh, pay, pay a little extra attention. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, in Europe, the mortgage approval sinks to the lowest level in two years. Now, this is interesting because that means that there are a lot fewer potential buyers for each property out there. Now, now we, we have seen this coming for, for a long time, but now it's kind of proven. Uh, and it's quite it's quite a significant <laughs> significant downfall as well. I think it's 15 to 17%. Uh, and that will most likely affect prices and bring them further down. However, for you as an estate agent, it doesn't really matter. You're going to sell either way, right? And here's an interesting thing. Uh, on a scientific note, they have now shown that it for, for a house owner or seller, it is smarter to switch agent than to reduce price of reduce the price on the property. Um, and they, they actually have a have a number for it. Seller who switches estate agents are 34% more likely to sell than those who reduce their prices. And th this is research-based. So, so th this is not someone guessing. And, and it probably makes sense because you get some, you find a new estate agent to, as a seller, they probably do a little more due diligence to find someone that's probably better suited to sell the property. So, so you, you, this you can use in, uh, in poaching uh, objects. If you see something that's online for a really long time, approaching the owner might be a good idea. And you have, you have the statistics at hand. So just Google estate agent today and you'll, you'll find the article there. And another thing, um, there's, a, as always, on, on everything you need to know about uh, the housing market in, in, in most real estate-related magazines. However, I, I'm going to just do a, a summary. And, and the thing is that every expert out there are expecting the market to go down. And if you see the, the, the mortgage, mort yeah, the loan case we, we talked about for like two minutes ago, they expected 10%. The professionals, you know, the agents, the agencies and stuff like that, in general, they are between five, six and a half. It's one, four. Uh, <laughs> there's one that 
Sebastian Variety Head of Research at Chesterton. Chestertons, yeah. Uh, they expect a price drop of only 1%. Uh, and then you have Grain Gilmore, which from Clutton's, they expect the market to be down by 8%. The thing is that somewhere between 1% and 10%. And that translates to that great property will probably be, you know, not really affected, maybe a percent, half a percent, maybe up even. But the property that's, you know, on the side, a little, you know, the 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 first or second floor out in the to, to a busy street that in, in a great market will go above uh depreciation. Yeah, that, that one's gonna go down now. So be aware of that. Be good, communicate it to your clients and customers and make sure that they are aware of it. And yeah, that's good. That, that's the most important news. As, as I said, there, there's probably a million articles. So, so we're just going to keep it short and sweet. This time we have only one question. So this is obviously the question section. Uh, <laughs> is the market going up or down? Now, we have spoken at length already that every expert out there is flagging that the market will go down. And when I say the market will go down, we mean the real estate prices will probably go down in 2023. And there are a lot of insecurity about will it be a percent or 5%? Because if it hits 10%, you know, that's that's major. That That's going to create some havoc and some chaos because that will affect all sorts financing and especially in the bigger cities because the last five six seven ten fifteen years but basically since the last down real hard downturn a lot of real estate is what we call cross-financed basically meaning that you have an apartment and you have a magical great development on its prices and or value and then five, six years later, you use that as collateral for buying the next one. Now, this is nice as long as the market goes up. Uh, the thing is that as soon as it starts going down, it creates some a, a set of problems. First and foremost, in most uh, reg- regulated markets, there is uh, a demand for how much how much equity you need in. Uh, an estate transaction. So let's say it's 5%, 10%, 15%. It, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, if you use your property as equity to buy another property and the market goes sour and turns the wrong way, well, the valuation of the original property will go down. Now, obviously, this a percent, 2%, it doesn't really matter. But if it's a big downfall, it will affect how much <laughs> it, it will affect how much equity you then have in the next apartment and in the first apartment now if the equity goes below the, the financial requirements or the legal requirements your lender the bank your creditor is obligated to foreclose both properties so <sighs> Will the market go down? Yeah, the market's probably going going to go down. Let's hope it stays um, 
above or below 10%, depending on how you say it. But my, I don't want it to go more than 10% as long as it stays above that. We probably be be going to be safe. However, for us as estate agents or re- realtors or agencies or franchises or us like me, the educators, uh, it doesn't really matter. You're in this. This this is what you do. This this is your job. This is where you're at. So it just means you're going to work harder because there will be less finances. There's going to be less people able to buy the property you want to sell. And the people that's selling the property is going to be more desperate because they probably know that it's going to go below market value. But as in every you know, every situation, they're going to hope for 2%. If it's 5%, they're going to hope for 5%. If it's 7%. And when I say, if it is five or seven or 10, you know that you, you know, if it's the second floor uh, in a busy street with trams running by and people shouting in the streets, that's the property that's going to get hit hardest. And then you have, you know, the prime real estate. That's not, you know, it's probably not going to be that much affected either way. Uh, But as I said, okay, the market will probably go down and it will affect the way you work. The only thing I can recommend is be better. Better at sales, better at marketing, better at negotiation. There are always people willing to buy property. Always. There's always someone who has the most money. Your job is going to be more difficult. You're going to have to find them and you're going to have to pitch your case much, much more effective than in a booming market. But it's not a problem. Sales and marketing is quite easy, actually, because it's all about tried and tested. There is nothing within marketing and sales that hasn't been empirically tested. So as long as you are willing to dive into it and figure it out, you're going to be fine. There's not going to be a problem at all, but you're probably going to have to do it. So that was the one question we had. So let's let, let's move on. Now in the in the recommendation section, we, as I stressed in the introduction, this is not paid. So so we will never recommend anything that someone tries to pay for. However. We want to, you know, make sure that all these little tidbits and gadgets that's out there are available and that you know about them. And we are not going to claim to know everything, but we we have experienced a little bit. And the first the first recommendation that we're going to do is actually for a place to do seminars or a place to to you know visit or hang out or no probably seminars or workshops because it's it's quite expensive. <clears throat> it's in um, Spain. More, uh, more. Uh, it's in Catalonia, in a little city called Villanova, which is about forty minutes from Barcelona and twenty minutes from the airport. Here, there is this small, beautiful mansion called Via Rosa. Now, Via Rosa is uh, owned and operated by a Norwegian couple. They are, they're good. They are nice, nice people. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, the owner is Jens and Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth and Jens. Now, Viarosa is a 
is a mansion from is is really old, and we're not going to go into the to the deepest of history, but it was built by the Arabs when they conquered Spain, and that's I think was from seven or eight hundred A.D. and until fourteen something when when uh, they they the, the Spanish took it back. Uh, and I think it was uh, Ferdinand. No, it doesn't really matter. However, they 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 got it back, and the Arosa was built there. So it it's it's old. It's like really old. Uh, and then it was bought by a uh, a merchant in the sixteenth or seventh hundred who used it as his uh, private palace. Uh, and he he was a rich guy and. They had music rooms and everything. Uh, the, the Via is, and it's, it's been, you know, run as a hostel and everything for many, many years. The couple that bought, bought it now, they bought it in 2016. And since that, they have really gone out and about to redevelop it. They have this huge room for uh, for seminars and conferences and workshops, which is beautiful. This is an old uh, vineyard, bodega, winemaker, cellar, olive something something i don't know but it's it's old and it's beautiful and elizabeth well <laughs> she really knows her stuff when it comes to decorating so she traveled all over the middle east and picked up tibets to you know match the the the, the interior however so so that part is beautiful and they have 15 or 16 rooms and they are beautiful as well uh Big bedrooms, private bathrooms, and everything. And this is, as I said, this is just outside Barcelona. So, so the the climate is is awesome. There are, it's a tennis course. It's a couple of uh, pools. There are a barbecue part outside. It's just awesome. It it, it just works. Uh, you find it if you Google Via Rosa and, as I said, Via Nova. And when I say Via Rosa, it means V I. LL because you have the Spanish pronunciation. Um, they have, they also have a beach bar, actually not a beach bar, a beach club that belongs to the to the to the Via, and I can highly recommend it. I, my wife is a wedding planner and she's done a couple of weddings there, and so I, I just been there, and but I I, I see it as a great place to work, and I had some pretty famous guests as well uh, doing this stuff in the, in the later years. But they they can tell you that themselves. I will, however, recommend that you um, do something. Try to plan a few things outside of it as well. Uh, there, there's so much good food in um, in the Catalonia district. I think it's the more Michelin stars than almost everywhere else except Paris and that may be Tokyo I don't remember but however great food great atmosphere try it it's it's worth worth the time introduction to real estate sales that is basically our first major course we have several small ones but th this one is this is quite a bit larger uh, 
in this course we will we have tried to to uh, develop a course that takes the students through every challenge they will meet in their career as an estate agent so we start off by you know highlighting your motivation as in this podcast um finding their strengths finding their first sales and the first sales can be first sales as the new you or the first sale as a new agent or the first sales in a new area or a new market or a new segment and how much effort you have available to put into this now we dive further down into stuff and we see what are the must-have skills from a state agent and should have skills from a state agent and nice to have competence from this the state agents and what to expect for from a franchise and what to expect from an agency when we talk about what to expect from franchises and agencies is what kind of technology do they provide what kind of education how much time do you get to train what can you expect from colleagues um we dive through how to do proper uh, uh project management you know how, how to develop your plan uh one of the major uh subjects is how to market you and we help you we help the students see who's your network uh which communication channels that's available to to reach out to their network um how to trigger the people in the network how to how to present the value that the people in your network is going to react to how to design and customize the communication you need to react to and and the thing is that within your network undoubtedly there in, there are more sales than you're able to do you don't need anything else if you if you can just activate your personal network you're going to be a success as a real estate agent we have a lecture on how to market your listings uh and we see how you can find the perfect buyer how you can find the people that lost a bidding war we see how you can activate the locals how to use your customer relation management system how to use uh uh the 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 the, the bigger uh, digital systems such as uh what is it called the american one um it doesn't matter and or or facebook or whatever did we'll walk you through everything that's available we look into customer retention and customer uh, lifetime uh, valuation and this is important did you know that almost 80% of sellers they change changes their uh, estate agent from from sale to sale and that's useless the thing is that keep them keep them close uh it's they are a returning customer will pay more for your services they will cost less to retain than to buy a new customer and they will recommend you to other ones so you know keep them close and we'll teach you how if you want to we'll look into how to to uh, you know set proper goals and budgets and and the thing is that if you are as we do in this course we see how to how you can find the customers you want and how to sell more then obviously making budgets and uh, and setting financial goals is is easier 
we'll look into how you can specialize and what you can specialize in and if it's something for you it, it can be real estate or area or seller or different stuff and we look into how you can uh, develop your career now do you want a partnership your own agency or you want to be an advisor for for uh, investors stuff like that we'll, we'll go into that and we will touch base on you know the, the different criterias for success now, this is more about personality fitness you know mental fitness physical fitness uh, how to 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 eat right stuff like that there's an exam uh, we also have a big workshop at the end of the course for everyone that's uh, done the course where they can you know streamline and you know adjust and adapt the plan they've made during the course there are a seminar where we have several keynote speakers you know uh, try to give a little lighthearted uh, a little funny take on on, um, on on the different subjects you know to make them stick even a little better there there is uh, several uh, group mentoring sessions uh, motivation is what get you over the next hill uh, the upside in a mutually beneficial relationship there are group coaching uh, how to set up your training regime how to uh, the differences between different training regimes and techniques and how to develop a five-year plan. Uh, so th this is, you should do it. There's no downside to it. The, the lectures are easy to, to follow. They, there are most is, most of it is, uh, hearing. There are some tasks some assignments and stuff like that, but you know, uh, if you get this right, if you get this course under your belt inside you and just make all these small things work, you know, if you can be the guy that gets all your, <laughs> you know, your strengths, you can play to your strengths, you can activate your network, you are better at selling, uh, you are better, both you and real estate and you are better at retaining customers. You have a higher valuation for your customers than other people's customers. Yeah, all, all these small things are going to make sure that you are really highly successful real estate agent. So there, there's there's not a really good reason not to to try it out. So okay, hope to hope to see or hear you there. Good luck. Now this was the first episode from Open House Therapy. As I said. In the beginning, it will be more professional. I can see in the program I have in front of me that I could have done things a lot better now with the, the knowledge I attained just by getting so far. However, that, that that's going to be next time around. We're going to try to keep it short. We're going to try to keep it simple. We're just trying to keep it between 30 and 40 minutes. Uh, so there's going to be some different section, sections from from time to time there's one last thing i want to do i want to talk a little about politics because there are stuff happening in uh, not only europe but in a large part of the western world which is kind of weird i, I read about it in um, i don't remember whether it was the economist or financial times but 
one of those had an article that said something like uh, politicians don't care about growth anymore. And it kind of resonated with me because it's true. If you look to the party programs of most parties in the Western world, they don't. They are completely focused on on uh, climate, which is great, obviously, and uh, genders, which also great. And, you know, but, but there is a problem that they are more focused on spending money than making money. And this will affect us in the long run. This is going to affect everyone. But for because it will affect our ability, and I mean everyone's ability, to buy stuff. And although we do need houses and homes, um, when we have politicians that don't care about financial or economic growth, that's going to create some problems in the long run. And I don't think the long run is that far away. However, that, that was just uh, uh, a short note some politics in the end hope to hope you enjoy enjoyed hope you liked it and there is a fun fun thing there is a link in uh, in the description of the of the podcast now if you push that link you can read in a message to me or to us and i'm going to start a section sometime where we do those we just give them let them go live so if you have something uh, input question whatever just use that link and we'll publish your question as well thank you so much have a great day everyone bye